0: Z-1077 welcomes you to Up Close, a weekly public affairs program presented by Z-1077 News. You're invited to call in with your questions and comments. Our call-in number
1: is 366-8471. Now, your host for Up Close. Gary Danielle Well, thank you, mystery announcer, wherever you are, and welcome to the Z1077 Up Close Show on a beautiful Friday morning, September 24th, 2021. I'm Gary Danielle your host, our producer is Levicki Patterson, and our phone number for you to call and participate is 760-366-8471. Our guest in studio today is the brand new general manager for the High Desert Water District, Paul Peschel. And Paul, welcome to the Z1077 Up Close Show. Delighted to have you here. Thank you. And by the way, if you're wondering how to pronounce special, it rhymes with special. Okay. I'm sure you've been using that most of your life. It's great. I love it. it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't have a buzzword I can use. It's, you know, anyway. But welcome, Paul. Now, when did you start at High Desert Water District? In April of this year. April of this year. Now, uh, before we get in, into water district stuff, we want to learn about you a little bit. Again, welcome to Yucca Valley. Uh, where do you hail from, Paul?
0: Uh, Minnesota, a small town called Breckenridge of about 3,500
1: population. My wife is from Minnesota. so oh. Yeah. So when she, you'll meet her when she comes in. She's very Minnesota. Minnesota, nice. So, and and what brought you from Minnesota here to California?
0: Well, I had an opportunity for a job after graduating at North Dakota State uh, in uh, Fargo, and that was in Phoenix. While I was working there, I got a job opportunity at uh, Imperial Irrigation
1: District where I worked for nearly twenty nine years. Okay, so th- that's the low desert. Uh, right district down there. So how long were you there? Uh, almost twenty nine years. Wow! And uh, what was your final position there? Uh,
0: I was the manager. Uh the planning and engineering manager in the energy department. Wow.
1: Now, the uh, Imperial District down there has a, a lot of different facets of far more complex than High Desert Water District, although their own unique set of challenges from both. Um, and uh, the the move from here, are you, are you commuting still? Um, actually, between
0: uh, this job and that, I was the general manager for about five five uh, five and a half years
1: at uh, Kings River Conservation District. Okay, so you've been in, in the water business for a long time. Yes, I have been. And, and probably seen some amazing changes uh, with technology and and, uh, and improvements in, in district and, and safety and, and, and sanitation.
0: Uh, a- absolutely, uh, across all facets.
1: So, uh, a first impression of Yucca Valley, Paul?
0: Oh, I think it's a, a beautiful community. Uh the weather actually is is very nice. It's uh, much cooler than I think most people would think. The people that I've met are are great. The board the board of uh, directors one reason I decided to take the job is during the interview process they really care about the customers, they care about the staff, and the staff themselves are
1: awesome. So I've been it's Really been a pleasure to come on board. Well, welcome to Yucca Valley, Paul. Uh, you're extremely well qualified, and uh, we trust you'll do fine with our with our major utility. Let's talk about the High Desert Water District. Um, its scope, uh, how big is it? How many people do you serve?
0: We serve uh, around 20,000. Well, yes, 20,000. Uh, there's about 10,000 water connections. We're only at about a f- uh, little under 5,000 sewer connections right now the maximum sewer connections will be
1: around or a little less than 20,000 with full build out. Now I know you're you're relatively new to the area but can you tell us a little bit about the history of High Desert Water Dix- District, uh, how it came to be the modern district it is today?
0: Well it was formed in 1962 and over time it, it took over other uh, private water agencies so, it was born the same year
1: I was. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, I when I first got here, they, are, they were in the process of taking over the Ted Durling's old water district, which was primarily on the western end of town. So, I know there are some challenges to taking a private district and bringing it into the public sector. Have all of those challenges pretty well been surmounted to this time, or there's, there's still some, some, some hiccups here and there? Well,
0: uh, I believe in general they have, but over time, your systems deteriorate. So we do have a capital replacement program that uh, we've replaced 150 miles of mainline. And we're continuing that program. Uh, We should be... Completed with all the replacements in a couple of years.
1: So the the ongoing replacement of the of the older infrastructure. Are you doing that with your own staff? Do you bring in contractors?
0: Uh, we're doing that with our own staff.
1: Okay. Well, that, that's a big money saver. I understand. Uh, yes, it has been. Yeah, great. And uh, and you say that's going to be ongoing for how long? Is it is it always going on? I know it's just like the the uh, the the Golden Gate Bridge. <laughs> well, <laughs> they, we they paint from one end <laughs> to the other, and then just start again. No. Well, I think when we get down, we'll we'll kind of be ahead of the curve. Uh,
0: and we're somewhat limited because of the capital funds we have, so we're stretching it out a bit. Uh, we could potentially el- accelerate it if we get some grant funds, uh, but currently we're on a pace I think to be done in.
1: I'm estimating here about five years. What? challenges are you facing now with with high desert waters and growth Uh, we'll we'll get to sewer separately i want to do sewer separately because that could be an entire program on its own but what what challenges are you facing right now with the water district
0: uh well i would say there aren't huge challenges actually our water supply is uh, we just had an urban water management plan completed it has to be updated every five years the 2020 edition was uh, approved earlier this year. And in there it indicates that we have uh, at least 25 years of available supply. But if you actually look at our use and our supply, it e- even if we received no rain, didn't have any State Water Project supplies, we
1: would probably have over 60 years of supplies available. Well, s- some years ago there was concern about the aquifer being depleted. so. Over the years, they've brought in enough state water to bring that aquifer up now for a 60-year supply? Uh, approximately 200 feet in elevation it's come up. That's 200 feet. That's wonderful. Yes. So you're, not, you're probably not getting state water now because it doesn't sound like you really need it, or are you banking it?
0: We're, that's basically what has increased our aquifer yeah. by 200 feet. And we're getting to a point where we may have to do some cutting back because of how high
1: the aquifer is getting. Wow, that's great! Uh, how much, uh, how many acre feet per year are you bringing in through the through the pipeline?
0: It it varies from year to year, but on average, uh, say twenty three hundred acre feet. Right.
1: Now, uh, years ago, the communities that were affected uh, all got together to put in the Mojave, uh, the the uh, Morongo Basin pipeline, and it was a, a remarkable project. They brought it in under time and under budget. And uh, I think it got like an eighty-three percent approval of the voters of those districts to bring it in. So that it's 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 really one of the things they talk about in California is a remarkable public project. What is your relationship with the pipeline now? Again, you mentioned you may be cutting down, but are you still there? Are you still their primary no, we, recipient down here? Oh, we are.
0: We get fifty-nine percent of the water that is distributed through that. Well, we have. Uh, access to that much okay and so we we helped fund that at 59 percent ratio i believe it was and so ongoing well we'll, we'll be paying uh to mojave uh, the fees appropriate with the state water project costs
1: and recently high desert water uh was uh, was Picked, I'm not sure what the word is, voluntold uh, by the county to take responsibility for the Pioneertown area. How How is that process going? It, that seems to be
0: going fine. We do an exchange where they're able to take f- uh, up to 50 acre feet a year out of the Warren Basin. And, th- and then we can likewise uh, take 50 acre feet from the Ames Ritchie so we have an exchange
1: that way and it seems to be working fine now the problem had in pioneer town had been uh, i think it was was it radon or arsenic or both and uh, and before people freak out about that that's a natural uh, you hear word arsenic you think oh no the poisoning the water that is a natural chemical in the aquifer and it's really actually fairly common right uh, yes it is Okay, um, so f- with Pioneer Town water, with High Desert uh, supplying the supplying it, they're no longer they're no longer using their aquifer because of those those impurities. Correct. Yeah. So, uh, uh, do you do the billing? Do you do the service? All that in Pioneer Town now? Uh, we, we supply the the water to them through that exchange. Um, beyond the more particulars of that, that's what I know on that. Okay, you supplied the water through the exchange. I was just wondering if the county was administering the actual Pioneertown area or if High Desert Water was.
0: Oh, uh, I'm not
1: sure of those okay. details. I believe it's the county. And though. we do understand Paul just got here in April, so we're throwing some questions at him you might not be familiar with. So I'll give you that. Uh, the High Desert Water District uh, was told, the entire Yucca Valley area was told some years ago by the state of California, you, you will uh, stop using septic systems because it is polluting the aquifer and then a long process started uh, it's been going on for many years i think probably about 15 years or so now i think from the time they started moving dirt to, to where we are now so uh let's have a a, a little uh, where are we right now a little update on what's going on with this sewer system
0: well originally there were three phases uh anticipated and so the first phase Uh, has a completion requirement of December of 23. The mainline system, the collection system, and the sewer plant itself uh, are completed and all operational. Uh, Between 60 and 65% of the parcels that need to hook up are hooked up. And we have until the end of 23, but it may end up being sooner because we are in the last stage. There were 10 stages. And so that that phase could be done as early with hookups uh, about a year
1: out. So that would be what, what they refer to as phase one, which is the primary area along the highway with the most density. Correct. Yeah. Uh, th- phase. phase two, yeah.
0: Phase two and three have been combined into uh, a final phase, and currently there's two potential deadlines for that: uh, the end of 2028 or 2031. And that's dependent upon whether or not the Joshua Tree is listed. And that actually just in the last couple days with uh, from the federal judge uh, making a determination that uh, the US Fish and Wildlife Service needs to go back to the drawing board and relook at the Joshua Tree because the uh, judge determined that uh, an adequate assessment wasn't completed. So we don't know exactly what that's going to do to our schedule. Uh, but assuming things stay on schedule, those are the current dates we have for completing. I want
1: to come back to the Joshua Tree thing, because it, it really affects all of Yucca Valley, uh, and we are re- re- referring to the Joshua Tree being named as a endangered species. However, it's still in, in a one-year trial phase, where they they still have special treatment of Joshua Trees, but it's not quite set in stone yet. How is that affecting High Desert Water District? What, what, what is the the problem with the Joshua trees in, in Yucca Valley for the water district?
0: Well I, I would I would describe that in three levels. Most of the mainline system probably won't be impacted because it'll be in within roadways and we'll have clearances that we need. There may be some minor areas. Where it really has an impact is the connections to the homes themselves so it's a cost impact on the parcels.
1: So if you're trying to bring uh, the sewer line to a parcel which has jostle trees on it, do you have to get a permit for all the jostle trees? are either taken or removed from that property? C- correct. Holy moly. That's How many properties are affected? Have you got an idea?
0: We're, well, it, it's difficult to say, but that is something that we want to look at so that when we're designing the system and so when we have the connections and the stub-out set
1: up, uh, that can be avoided as much as possible. Uh, does the High Desert Water District have to pay for these permits?
0: No, that's the that's the individual,
1: uh, the individual the parcel does. owner. Okay. Now, the town of Yucca Valley has, uh, has stepped up to, to take some of these applications. Is that a help or a hindrance to the construction?
0: Well, I mean, in the whole process of things, that helps because it helps just processing these through but you don't have to that, wait
1: we don't have to wait six months for the state to process it's being done uh, locally yeah
0: i think that's a that's a benefit and that actually is done uh, with the city it is, uh,
1: yeah um it's uh it's tough though that's that's a huge impact yeah Paul Peschel, we're going to come back. We're going to take a little break. We'll be back with more of the Z1077 Up Close Show. I'm Gary Dineo. Our producer is Livigy Patterson. And if you want to call and speak with Paul Peschel, if you have any questions about High Desert Water District, uh, what's happening with the sewer, the general manager is our guest today. So call 760-366-8471. We'll be right back with more of the Z1077 Up Close Show.
2: Outstanding vehicle maintenance starts with the right motor oil. Junior's Quick Lube and Auto Repair is your Mobile One service center. Mobile One delivers performance, protection, and peace of mind when you're on the road. Junior's Quick Lube is not just fast, they're proficient. Owned by a local family and not a big corporation, they'll treat you like the neighbor you are. Discounts to military, first responders, healthcare workers, and educators. Drive in quick, get out fast. Junior's Quick Lube, next to IHOP, Yucca Valley.
0: Community pharmacies do still exist. The biggest advantage they have is the ability to give you more personal attention. The staff at Star Pharmacy get to know their customers. It's easier to ask questions when you know your pharmacist. Star Pharmacy also carries durable medical equipment, wheelchairs, walkers, and other health aids. A full range of supplements to boost your immune system, even meds for your pet. Visit your local Star Pharmacy across from the post office in Joshua Tree.
3: Get ready for a summer of fun with a cool new haircut from Great Clips. Looking good and feeling great is easy and more affordable than
0: ever. Get your favorite style anytime and the right cut all the time with clip notes. Stylist notes on your personal haircut accessible at any Great Clips salon. No appointment needed. Just walk in or check in online at greatclips.com. Looking for a career rather than just a job? Great Clips is taking applications now. All you need is a current California cosmetology license. Summer's hot, but with Great Clips, you'll stay cool. Open daily in the Dollar Tree Center in Yucca Valley. It's gonna be great.
2: Enjoy Korean barbecue right here in Yucca Valley. Eight Star Cafe has an all-new menu featuring Korean barbecue, Korean soup, seafood plates, noodle dishes, and even an American line of sandwiches. Eight Star Cafe also serves boba and poppin' and pearls in tea, smoothies with organic fresh fruit, slushies, and more. A dozen types of tea, milk tea, matcha, honey milk, Thai tea, even a full espresso bar. Whether you want breakfast, lunch, dinner, a quick snack, or a drink to cool you down, Eight Star Cafe is open from 8 a.m. to 7 p.m. Takeout, patio, and inside dining. Eight-star cafe, Korean restaurant in the Stater Brothers East Mall. Call 760-228-2794.
1: And we are back with the Z1077 Up Close Show. Good Friday morning. I'm Gary Dignon. Our guest in studio today, Paul Peschel, the general manager of the High Desert Water District. And if you have any questions, give us a call at 760 366 847 We have a question for you, Paul. We'll go right to it. And good morning, you're on the radio, who's this?
3: Hey, good morning, this is John. How are you folks doing? Great,
1: John, and uh, you're on the air with Paul Peschel from High Desert Water District.
3: Yeah, hi, so uh, I just have a quick question. Um, First of all, I'll state, you know, when it comes to water policy, I think that generally speaking, California does a great job on, on conservation and uh, obviously with with climate change and long-term global fluctuations that uh that should be top priority for the long term Um, my question to you is you know i i understand the uh verbal 60 years and then on paper we have 25 about 25 years of of good water supply um what would you be what what is your plan on preserving the water supply Beyond sixty years, um, I think with global warming, we we, we should be looking at that because it's gonna it's going to take over a hundred years to get this thing stable if we act now. So that'd be my question.
0: Well, we're always always looking at conservation methods. I, I will say we're pretty pretty efficient here already, and the state is uh, coming up potentially with new requirements to re- reduce the amount of use. In addition to that we are looking at potential other water supplies um, and just making sure we maintain our systems like one of the reasons right now we have our capital replacement program is to reduce leaks so uh, but we're we are definitely looking at potential other water supplies
3: okay John okay okay I, I appreciate that feedback the only thing that I would add would be maybe working with elected officials on more controlled growth and management, uh, essentially less density in housing, um, you know, the, the more water is saved. And that's all I'll add, but I appreciate that feedback. Thank you guys so much.
1: All right, John, thanks for calling. Have a great day. All right. 760-366-847. we We'd uh, like to ask a question of Paul Peschel, the general manager of the High Desert Water District. So interesting question. Now you talked about additional water sources. Uh, are you at liberty to say what you're looking at? I know some years ago there was some negotiation for the Old Woman Springs Ranch up on Highway 247 as a aquifer to, to tap into to that water source. Is that still going on or is that just kind of passed by?
0: I, I would say in general we continue to look at that and other opportunities. Any other
1: uh, sources that you're looking at
0: that you're allowed well, to talk about? <laughs> uh, I, I would say uh, the local sources right now. Uh, we're keeping our eyes open for other opportunities okay. also.
1: Right. An interesting question about long-term water. He says 60% uh, Long term, but 29, pretty much you're set for the next 29 years at least. Do you agree with that?
0: Uh, well, the urban water management plan says 25. Okay. Um, but I would
1: say it's well over that. Okay. Our number is 760-366-8471. Our guest, Paul Peschel, the general manager of High Desert Water District. Also, one of the things John mentioned I'd like to come back to, and, and that is uh, drought. Whatever the cause is, in this particular case, global warming, and I don't I, I think you can deny global warming anymore. It's a reality. Just look at a weather map of the country someday and you'll, and you'll get that. But uh, in, in the Morongo Basin, our sources are primarily aquifer, under, underground water. I know 29 Palms says they have about a 400-year supply uh, from, from their various aquifers. You've got a 25-year solid and 60-year out supply. What is that based on for build-out for the population of Yucca Valley?
0: Um, Well, I'll say this. We're having a meeting next week with with the city, and so we're going to be discussing a number of topics. So that's something I want to familiarize myself with more. In general, the urban water management plan does take into consideration growth. So those those figures generally uh, uh, take into consideration growth, not the 65-year period, but... uh, We are constantly looking every five years, updating, looking at growth and what the growth projections are. But there are some things that came up recently with a subdividing bill that allows further subdivision, and so that's one of the particular items we want to discuss with the, the town.
1: Yeah, uh, just to bring uh, listeners up to speed, the state of California just passed a bill, I think like in the last couple days, which would allow uh, the end of uh, neighborhood d- density. It would allow people to build high-density housing in what is now called a neighborhood zone. Is that, is that pretty correct?
0: I would say that's pretty accurate. Yeah. So
1: if you have a home on, say, on, a, on an acre, you can actually add up to two outbuildings, little casitas, and increase the, the housing available on your home. And what the state is trying to do is get more uh, low-income, more, more housing density out there to try to do away with the problem they have, which is not enough housing for people in California. As you know, because you've been trying to find a house up here. And, <laughs> yes. And it's, and it's not easy. So back to the drought. Uh, one of the things that uh, you mentioned is the state is putting in uh, percentages of, of water use they want you to bring down to. However, here in the desert, and particularly in the Yucca Valley area, they have a remarkable history of of conservation of water. The people of Yucca Valley are really good at conserving water. I think they're one of the top in the state as far as use per capita. Uh, do you have that figure? I know you don't have it on the top of your head, but in general?
0: It, it, it's already down to near what the state uh, is looking for for the long term. The recent bills didn't pass. Uh, they'll
1: probably come back. Um, so we're, we are doing very well. Any tips on how residents of Yucca Valley and customers of High Desert Water District can, can, can conserve water, things they may not even be aware of?
0: Well, one thing I will say, this is a closed basin. So water use that goes into the system, be it either currently through the septic system or through the now sewer system that we recharge, uh, I believe it's in the neighborhood of 35% of that naturally recharges. So because there's such low outdoor use, um, and that is recycled naturally that way, uh, There isn't a whole lot more that can be done to reduce water use unless people are still having lawns and things of that nature. Really, and when I look at things, and we're going to look at it further, and we have programs in place, but the uh, per capita water use and the fact
1: that outdoor use is really low is pretty amazing. Uh, yeah, there's not a lot of lawns in Yucca Valley. I think there used to be, but uh, over the years, as people became more drought-conscious, they they, stopped, they started going to hardscaping and xeriscaping landscaping. And some of the local organizations, I know Morongo Basin Conservation Association, does a lot with xeriscaping gardening. They have free webin- webinars, and I know the Joshua Basin Water District actually has a demonstration garden of xeriscaping stuff. So everybody is, is pretty drought conscious here in the morongo basin statewide it seems like uh, central california is really having a lot of effect i know you're i'm sure you talked to other people in in the water business water industry in the state of california how bad is it well it's it's pretty bad this year It, it it really is and
0: uh i i i do think newsom's decision to not make it a hard reduction in uh and reduce the amount of water. We in other get, words,
1: he's, he's not gonna say, you must reduce your water use by 15% or we will fine you. He's not doing
0: that. Yeah, it was more of a goal. And yeah. it, it, it makes more sense because if some agencies already have really good programs in place, reducing 15% is very difficult. Although I think most agencies have got pretty good programs in place. So even with this drought and the previous five year drought, uh, agencies were able to make it through this pretty well. So instead of
1: a, a, a hard target, he, he what are the guidelines that the state has put forth for you?
0: It was generally more of a, a goal to reduce the okay. 15%.
1: Please try to reduce, but you don't have to.
0: That's yeah, yeah, that's basically what it is. Well,
1: communities like Tornan and Palms and Yucca Valley, who are very good at conserving already, and uh, would find 15% really hard because they're already doing all those things. Whereas in other areas of the state where they're just used to having water willy-nilly, and all of a sudden they don't have anymore, I know it's had an extreme impact on the almond industry, for example. You know there a lot of these orchards are, are not being planted on, so yeah, it's been a huge impact to farming. Back to height as a water district and, and drought, uh, you mentioned that the sewer system, uh, the effluent from that, goes back down into the aquifer. Is that another one of the reasons where you're building up your aquifer? Is that water used to not be quite so easily perked down into the aquifer? I
0: I would say it'll be more effective with the the recharge system we have uh, because there's probably more potential for evaporation at the septic level. Um, But it all does contribute to the recharge. Okay. And the recharge is going quite well. it it is we do have to uh install another facility right now we're recharging at the wastewater plant site Uh, that actually is getting so high that it may uh, broach the barrier in that area so we're going to have to drill a well and pump it more to the central area of the basin and then re-recharge it there.
1: So are you saying plans are afoot for another site, another reclamation site?
0: Actually, we're taking it to an existing site. We're just going to okay. take
1: it from the one site to the other. Okay. but So you'll have both? Um, yes. Okay. Yes. All right. Uh, back to basics a little bit with how a water district. How many wells do you have that supply the community, and, and where are they?
0: But uh, where are they? That's a good question. I know. Once
1: again, we'll say Paul just <laughs> got here in April. I, but. I, I would say in general, I believe
0: there's three wells. and there's In general, there's one on the east, one in the central area, and one on the west. Um, it would be difficult for me to describe it in yeah. more detail than
1: that. Are those different aquifers?
0: No, they're all in the same aquifer. Well,
1: we also have a well in the Ames-Ritchie. In the Ames-Ritchie, okay. The reason I mention that is I know 29 Palms, for example, takes out of three different aquifers. And one, for example, has a lot of fluoride, so they bring in the water from the one that doesn't have a lot of fluoride blend them together to bring the level down. Of course, 29 Palms has a fluoride removal plant. Uh, Yucca Valley has been blessed without those endemic problems in the aquifer that are shared by Morongo Valley, Pioneer Town, and 29 Palms. Uh, uh, years and years and years ago, there was a move afoot to someday merge Joshua Basin water and high desert. Is any of that talk still out there, or is that gone by? Um, I'm not
0: sure how seriously that's been being talked about. I've, I've heard of general talks about mergers just for efficiency, but beyond a, a general, that's that's all I'm aware of at this time.
1: A lot of people still have questions about the sewer system. You say about 65% of phase one has now been, has now been hooked up? Correct. Okay. Um, what are the biggest difficulties for the Average homeowner, I, I still see some uh, some queries on social media about how all this works and and uh, who does what. Can you g- give me the process by which I hook up to the sewer system if I live in Phase One in Yucca Valley and the trucks are coming?
0: Well, <laughs> the best thing to do is get a hold of Ryan Hutchins at our office because he's the real expert on that. But in general, what the process is once once the subphase opens up. That's that's the uh, that's the tenth phase. Uh, we're on the tenth phase right now. So
1: they let you know they will let a homeowner that, go. Hey, yeah, in it, ninety days we're going to be coming your way and well uh, their timeline. Let's say,
0: yeah, it's now available for you to hook up, and you have uh, I think it's one hundred and eighty days, if I remember the time period correctly. Um, I may be wrong in that, but I believe it's one hundred and eighty days. And so that at that point in time, <clears throat> they need to hire a contractor to make the connection. And they, they have to get, go through the city to get permits if there's any impacts to Joshua trees. For single-family homeowners, we, we do have a uh, program uh, for potential grants for mitigation of the Joshua tree. There's also a loan program uh, for the sewer connection itself. For non-homeowners, uh, uh, the, the loan option is there. There's always the option, too, to just uh, fund it entirely yourself. Um, so that's, that's basically in terms of the connection. Uh, but uh, Ryan Hutchins would be a real good contact if anybody has any real specific questions. And
1: while you're talking about contacts, I have to give High a Water District like a big pat on the back the uh, information available to the public has really been handled well. Your your website, is a Water District, if if anybody has any questions about what we're talking about today, about the the phases, how to install, the process to go through uh, to get onto the sewer system, it's it's all up there and it's updated almost daily about what neighborhoods they're in and what's coming up. So I just want to give you a... Pat on the back for that. Uh, the residents of Yucca Valley have known exactly what's going on every, pretty much every week. They update and, and say what's going on. So a little pat on the back for. Well,
0: you. I'll pass that on to staff because it's that's all
1: the staff effort. They're uh, great people. Yeah, we get we get some inquiries here just for general information. We'll always refer them uh, to that water district. I want to come back to one thing you said, and that's the the tree listing and the judge's decision. So the Joshua Tree listing is currently under a temporary basis, which means for one year you, 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 you have to get a permit through the state. In Yucca Valley, the town of Yucca Valley has stepped forward and, and that is the body who does the permitting, who does, who does that work rather than the state. But you say a judge is questioning the process. Does that mean that temporarily the gloves are off the Joshua trees?
0: I I believe where it is, it just continues with the temporary process. So it continues the temporary. Uh, Right. He's asking
1: for additional information. He's basically,
0: I would interpret it that they need to redo their uh, whole review uh, because they concluded that it did not need to be listed. And the judge is saying your facts and data that support that uh, do
1: not support that conclusion. So they... They determined the tree did not need to be listed, or they were moving in that direction. And the judge said, wait a minute, go back and check. So so, so the judge is pushing for it to be listed.
0: I, I wouldn't say he's necessarily pushing for yeah, it I to be Yeah, I guess the re-listed. word pushing wouldn't be it. Well, but yeah. it, it's more that he's saying your conclusion isn't supported by your data. So if you're going to maintain that conclusion, you have to provide adequate data to support that conclusion.
1: If... Uh, the department determines that the tree would not be listed. How would that affect High Desert Water District?
0: Well, it it would affect uh, per se. It wouldn't uh, affect High Desert do- uh, Water District, but it really well, I guess the affects cu- the, the, customers the customers of High Desert Water District. Because yeah. one of the things is there is no choice on this. It has has to be done, and so whatever the cost. So what it would do is it would lower the cost of the the project, and it lower the customer cost for hookups. The other thing it would do is lower those impacts to anybody having to do anything on their property because if you impact uh, Joshua Tree beyond even the sewer, uh, that, that can get very costly.
1: Yeah, the, um, as, but as it stands now, it's still in that, in that temporary status where they're, they're basically enforcing everything. Correct. Okay. Um, when do we expect to hear more on that or is it just working its way through the courts?
0: That's a good question. Uh, I'll be having a meeting early next week with our legal counsel to get their impression on that uh, because I, I didn't see any uh, any indication of a timeline no in that judgment. Yeah.
1: Sometimes you need a scorecard to follow this stuff through the courts. I know uh, it, it, just Eagle Mountain, for example, the past 20 years, there's probably been 15 to 20 court cases from – environmental organizations and the, the eagle mountain folks and it's just it's just it's just swirls out there until someday all of a sudden a decision is made that affects a lot of lives so uh, we're going to come back to more with paul peschel here on the z1077 up close show our number 760-366-8471 if you have a question about uh, the hot water district your sewer system your water system now is the chance to get it we'll be right back with more on the z1077 up close show
2: There's a hero waiting for you, waiting to save you hundreds, even thousands of dollars. Solar Now, a hero solar contractor who's been installing systems all over the high desert for years. No money down, 100% financing, where you don't even have to do the paperwork, is available through Solar Now with the hero program. Payments are made through your property taxes. The interest may be tax deductible for you, and it's transferable if you sell your home. Why lease when you can own? Call Solar Now, just like I did, and get a no-pressure, hassle-free quote today. Reach Mark Hines at 228 30.
3: Sue's Health Foods
0: Committed to your good health
2: Hi, this is Sue from Sue's Health Foods. Using supplements, but not sure where to start? You're not alone. Here are our top five starter products. Number one, a good quality food-based vitamin mineral like Sue's Life Essential. Number two, vitamin D3, crucial for immune support. Just because you get enough sun doesn't mean you have adequate D levels. I didn't. Get a blood test to be sure. Number three, healthy fats like flaxseed or salmon oil. Quality tested, of course. You don't want heavy metals in your healthy fats. Number four, a good probiotic that identifies their strains. Number five, a quality digestive enzyme to help you break down the food you eat. We carry all of these in our private label. Sue's private label is non-GMO, quality assured, and third-party tested and proven, and always has been. Sue's health food, committed to your good health.
1: It is uh, 1042. I'm Gary Digneau. Our producer is Levicki Patterson, and you are listening to the Z1077 Up Close Show. Our phone number for you to call and participate today is 760-366-8471. Our guest in studio today is Paul Peschel, the general manager of High Desert Water District. And Again, if you have questions about your your sewer hookup, the, the process, now uh, would be a good time to ask. Now. Paul, the uh, High Desert has aquifers. We, we get our water from the ground. But besides the major water districts, there are a number of private wells. How do those how do those fit in with the overall water management system here in the Morongo Basin and specifically in Yucca Valley?
0: Well, that's a little bit of an involved uh, question. So back in Thanks. the... <laughs> But back in the mid-90s when the water situation was getting pretty uh, tight, I guess I would describe it as, there was an adjudication that was done. So the High Desert Water District uh, Board and a few other entities form a larger board that's called the Water Master. And so there's an area under that Water Master that actually is part of the Warren Basin and actually goes beyond the Warren Basin, so it covers also part of the larger uh, High Desert Water District Service Territory and a bit beyond that. So some of those wells you're talking about are actually outside outside of uh, High Desert Water District Service Territory, but in the Watermaster area. So they may affect another aquifer, not necessarily
1: yours. It,
0: I would say it still falls within that. Uh, aquifer because our service territory doesn't match the aquifer precisely.
1: I remember back, uh, uh, I, I remember the adjudication. I remember the, the other two large water uses were the Institute of Metal Physics and the, the golf course. Right. Um, are those still on their own wells?
0: The, the golf course is, and I believe they used about 250 to 300 acre feet of water this past year. I believe they have a right to just under 600 uh, Uh, acre-feet. Mental physics, I'm not exactly sure on that number. I think it might be around 35 acre-feet that they have right to. And then other wells beyond that, there's a few individual wells. It may be a total of like five acre-feet. We also uh, have discovered there are some wells that during that process were in place uh, that weren't under the adjudication, so those are – those are some wells that we also need to deal with.
1: So, are those outside wells having a, uh, a serious effect on 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 the aquifer? Uh,
0: no, it's minimal. It's minimal.
1: Okay, and even uh, so, under the adjudication, are they allowed to take X amount per year? I know you mentioned 600 acre foot for the uh, for the golf course. And by the way, before somebody asked me, an acre foot is a foot of water on an acre of land right and that's equivalent to about two households per year yeah yeah that would be about right yeah okay used to be one okay so the uh the the golf course hawks landing is allowed to take up to 600 acre foot per year on their own well but it's only taking 250 that that has changed because i know back in the day they were actually going over their allocation, so they they must have put in some fairly good practices uh, at that golf course. Are they they a good partner with high desert water? Uh,
0: Everything I've seen there, yes. Okay,
1: And Institute of Metal Physics, is that water monitored? Is there what they call a take amount?
0: You know, that's a good question because I'm not exactly sure how we monitor that. I assume there must be some type of meter, but and I'm, un, I'm unsure of what that uh, exact amount is. I believe, it, if that figure is right, is 35. But even that is a relative. I mean, that's not insignificant. Yeah. But uh, the, the rest of the users, there's there's our acre foot uh, or less, and most of them
1: use underneath under that. Okay, so they're, they're taking enough for, for one household, and it really doesn't have much of an effect on, on your operation.
0: Right, and even most of those wells that were under the adjudication don't even exist anymore.
1: I want to drill a well on my property. What is the process I would go through, or can I even do that now?
0: You can potentially do that. Um, you have to go and uh, petition, and if the water master doesn't object
1: then you can install the well. Under the adjudication, they did uh, put in the, the water master, which oversees basically all the aquifers in the area. What kind of teeth does the water master have? If they decide they want to change the allocation uh, for a well user, can they come in and do that? Under under the adjudication, what kind of power did the judge give the, the water master?
0: Well, my understanding is the only real power at this time is To ensure that the water use stays below what's required under the adjudication for the different parties, and they make these decisions on these uh, independent wells.
1: And with new technology and new practices, it seems like all of the well owners are using far less than they were adjudicated in, in that. And I'm thinking that was probably 25 years ago that they did that. I don't have the date in my head, but I, I do remember when that, all that process was going on. That's that's one of the dangers of, of doing radio in the same market for 40 years is you have an idea, a little idea of the history. So, uh, But the the water master is still active. They're, they're still meeting and they're still looking at those things. Yes. Okay. How healthy are the aquifers in the Morongo Basin? Are we in fairly good shape? I know you talked about the, the High Desert Water District having a 25 immediate and, and 60 uh, out. Uh, 29 Palms says they've got 200 immediate and 400 out. I think that was the last, last time I talked to Ray Kolarz. So that is changing. But uh, in general, how healthy is our aquifer system?
0: Well, I, I think from a volume standpoint, they appear to be pretty healthy. Water quality you always have to watch out for. The the big quality issue uh, in the Warren Basin uh, was the nitrates. And that's one reason to to move away from the septic systems because over time the nitrates would have continued to increase. So moving to a sewer project allows us to uh, eliminate that uh, increasing uh, nitrate issue.
1: The amount of water in the aquifers are determined, obviously, by by the weather. Uh, The amount of rainfall that we get, how that perks down into the aquifers. With oncoming climate change, is there there enough danger that that rainfall will affect the available water in the future?
0: Well, when you talk rainfall, the local supply from rainfall is only about, probably a little less than about 50 acre feet per year. So most of our supply actually comes through the state water project. The pipeline. Mm-hmm. Right. And we uh, have around 700 acre feet available from the Ames-Ritchie, which does appear to be in balance. So that aquifer, if we have reduced r- rainfall, may, may be impacted, and that could be an impact to supply. More broadly, if the state water project is impacted, that would uh, impact supplies. But even when we've had as low as five percent allocation, it hasn't affected the amount of water we've needed.
1: What's the biggest challenge to the high desert waters? You know, it's coming in. You're getting the wheels up to speed. You're learning the history. learning where those wells are. Uh, what do you see right now as, as a challenge? Is it infrastructure? Is it management? Is it development? Is it uh, what do you, What are the challenges you're facing, Paul?
0: Well, I, I would say one of the key issues right now is just in this phase two with the joshua tree with the schedule um, having to eventually go through an assessment district looking at the schedule we're trying to right now look for grant funds to minimize costs to customers because it's not a it's not an inexpensive uh, project so our our goal is to drive down that net cost so it's much more affordable to the customers. One of
1: the things the town of Yucca Valley did, it was actually very, very smart, is they put a half-cent sales tax uh, on the ballot, which was approved by the residents of Yucca Valley. But that half-cent sales tax goes directly against the cost of the sewer system to the user and has In the first year, it it decreased the user's cost by almost 50%. Is that still generating that kind of income? So it's actually getting cheaper and cheaper and cheaper to maintain your sewer uh, for the homeowner. Well, at this point
0: in time, I think the last uh, previous year, I think it was around 25% credit, and that's under Measure Z. And that does go as a credit toward that property tax uh, requirement each year. And that's over a 10-year period. I believe this last year it was closer to 32%. So it it does vary somewhat. Um, But that is a good measure because that way when uh, people from outside the area buy goods and services, that also contributes to funding. uh, funding and decreasing the assessment.
1: But it is, it is immediate relief to property owners. It, in Yucca it, Valley. it is. And, it, is. It's, and, it, and, and it, it comes in every year. So basically the amount of money they have to pay on their property taxes, to offset the cost of the system is going down every year because of this half cent sales tax. Uh,
0: yeah and between 25 and Uh, as you mentioned, 50%. Right.
1: Okay, we're going to take a quick little break. We'll be back with the final portion of our show. If you have a question for Paul Peschel, the general manager of High Desert Water District, call now at 760-366-8471. We'll be right back with the final portion of our program.
2: Borrowing money for real estate loans has never been easier. This is Patty Brown, a.k.a. The Loan Lady or Queen of Green. At our office, we have investors standing by right now with money to loan on your next project. Whether you need some major repairs like a new roof or new heating and air conditioning system, remodel, or you're jumping into the vacation rental business, we've got money to lend from local investors. We invest in people and dreams, not FICO scores. Simple applications, quick turn times, all you need is the desire to improve your financial picture, call the Lone Lady today at 365-7003. A whole new taste has come to Firehouse Subs with their new Chicken Euro Sub. They combine perfectly grilled sliced chicken breast, cool crisp cucumber, and crumbled feta cheese on a warm toasted sub roll with their zesty pepperoncini tzatziki spread. It's a -a one-of-a-kind burst of flavor that just keeps getting better with every bite. Order online or on the app to have your subs ready for pickup or delivery. At Firehouse Subs, a portion of every purchase helps provide much-needed life-saving equipment to first responders. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs, save more lives. In the Home Depot Center, Yucca Valley.
1: And we are back with the Z-1077 7, 7, Up Close Show. I'm Gary Digno It's 1054. Our producer is Levicki Patterson. And our phone, phone number for you to call and participate is 760 366 So uh, Yucca Valley now has about 65% of Phase 1 who's using the, uh, the water treatment system. What can the residents of Yucca Valley do to make it easier on that system? I remember... Right after COVID hit, when there was a toilet paper shortage, we actually got some communication from High Desert Water District that told people, please, don't put anything but toilet paper in the system. I guess people were using those wipes, which they say are flushable. They're not. They're really bad on your system. So what can we do to make your system work better?
0: Really, the only uh, objects that should go in there is what comes out of your body, and what's on that roll, that toilet paper roll. Anything else actually affects the system. In fact, one of the huge things that affect it, and we have a program with any industry that releases grease, is to capture that grease before it enters the system because that's another thing that creates problems. And the more we reduce those problems, the more it reduces our costs and can keep rates lower. So don't
1: pour the bacon grease down the drain. Exactly. <laughs> if it comes off the roll or out of your body, that's all you should be putting down.
0: There. Yeah, wipe so, that off the pan and throw it in the garbage can. Yeah.
1: So apparently, it was enough of a problem that they actually actually asked us to run some public service announcements, which we we're happy to do, telling people, especially during that time when some some crazy stuff was going on, uh, to take care of that system. Anything else we can do to 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 make that thing work better and last longer and be more effective?
0: Well, I, th- I think those are the key things. But uh, in, in general, I'll j- just say broadly, you know, focusing on water conservation. Check our website. We have a f- Facebook page. Uh, if anybody needs uh, to contact me, you can. I'll give you my email address at work. It's just paulp
1: at hdwd dot com. Any questions or if you need any information. Now, one of the things we talked about was water conservation. And probably one of the biggest water users here, and I know I live in 29 Palms, and, and and they say during summer water use spikes because of the use of swamp coolers. In Yucca Valley, it's usually 6 to 9 degrees cooler, so not quite so much. But what effect does the use of swamp coolers have on, on drought mitigation?
0: Well, it is a huge water user, and there, there's two key things that come to mind when you mention the water uh the swamp coolers, is that they are high water use and they probably during the, the peak use use as much uh, as the the home itself. So uh, when the state does come through with these requirements, that isn't an exception. So that is one thing that can move our average use up because they split into outdoor use and indoor use. And right now that's considered an indoor use. So there's actually been bills in Congress and just had a conversation uh, two days ago with their lobbyists to try to push to have that as an outdoor
1: element. So they, they would change the classification of that water use?
0: It would, Yes, it wouldn't be included in the indoor use. Yeah,
1: And swamp coolers, the problem with swamp coolers, of course, is that water is evaporated so it does not go back into Correct. the aquifer. So that that affects the amount of water that's coming to the system that's refilling the aquifer as we're using it. So is it, is it, a, is it a significant effect?
0: That's actually something uh, we're asked to be involved in a study. I, I couldn't give you a sense of what the numbers are, but when you look at it on an individual basis, it's fairly significant. So considering the number of uh, coolers, I would say
1: yes. Okay. Uh, that's a Water District, uh, what's the future hold for the water district? Are you, are you building for the future? Are, are, we, are we getting a lot more homes? I know there's a lot of demand for homes, uh, but what does the future look like for your district, Paul Peschel?
0: Well, uh, there, there's definitely growth, uh, and there's projections for the growth. I, I don't know that even though we've had a lot of conversions to these Airbnbs and that and a lot of interest in the area, maybe because the housing growth has been kept down, that that the percentage of growth has been much more significant. It seems to have more put pressure on the housing prices. But uh, really, we've tried to take that into consideration into the urban water management plan, and in terms of that projected growth our water supply uh, seems to be fine over the time periods we
1: discussed. Right. Paul Peschel, thanks for coming in. Uh, we appreciate you coming in. That's Paul P at hdwd.com. We'll we'll get right to you, right? All right, thank you very much. And that's going to do it for the up close show. We should join me again next week. Our next week guest is going to be the superintendent of Joshua National Park, David Smith. We'll be talking about that. Until then, thanks for listening. Drive carefully and God bless. Bye-bye.
0: You've been listening to Up Close, a weekly talk and interview program presented in the public interest by Z1077 News.
3: Join Gary Denio again next Friday at 10 for more Up Close.